Do you want me to give you the background of why originally we I brought this up? It's from that person, isn't yeah. it? I know I did this through email, but I didn't like officially talk to you guys about it. Is that I talked to the listener. He, we connected. Oh, yeah. No, you didn't tell us. We connected. His concerns were, it was after the certificate one episode, and he was like, it was great information, but like I don't have money to put into a certificate right now. Things are getting really expensive. And he was just to the point where in his career, he wasn't making... He wasn't jumping up in wages and rent was going up and everything was getting really expensive. And, you know, instantly I feel like everybody says, oh, you should look at your career. What can you do to advance it? Where you can, you know, go back to school. And he was he was like, I'm already working two jobs. I don't have time to, to take on a new whole educational venture. In the call, I was like, I'm going to talk to Cooper. Maybe she's got like, this is what Cooper does, though. It's true. It is what I do. Like, what do you even call it, though? Financial well-being. Like, the basic basics or, like, down to earth with Cooper or something? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I call it like my heart, job. Like, heart to heart? Like, family talk? <laughs> no, it's, I mean, like, the whole idea behind it is financial well-being and financial health, which is a product of the Financial Health Network. It's something that's been embraced by the National Credit Union Foundation. I was at Stanley Prison this morning, okay? So I'm um, teaching our very first class, and we talk about the definition of financial wellness. And the way we do that is there's a chart that I show them, and we move through these different boxes on this chart that I'll explain. But when I explain it to them, we talk about how, okay, so one box is security in the present. So we're going to start right now with security in the present, and, you know, that means that we have control over our day-to-day and our month-to-month finances. You know, we're not drawing our account negative. We're not creating unmanageable debt. But what does that actually mean to you? What that can look like is looking at your checking account and saying, oof, I only have $20 left. Okay, I get paid Friday and it's Monday. Okay, so the choice is you stop at the gas station and you have to get gas. With the finances, it's often an all-or-nothing mindset. If I'm not saving... 10% 10% of my income, I'm failing. If I don't have three to six months worth of expenses saved, I'm I'm failing. But the reality of it is you have to do what works for you. So if that's putting $10 in your gas tank in that moment and then having $10 to go buy, you know, a box of noodles and sauce to be able to have dinner for the rest of the week, that's success. Why? Because we didn't create unmanageable debt. You know, we didn't throw it on a credit card. We lived within our means in that moment and Hopefully now we have it kind of in our mindset where we're like, okay, you know, maybe I have to shift one thing to be able to make it until that next paycheck a little bit with a little more cushioning. I guess when I talk about financial wellness and how I think that this is going to help our listeners is, you know, everything that we talk about is a tip, a trick, a tool, but giving you some confidence to think, hey, it's okay that I didn't pay all four of the bills I owe this month because last month I only paid two and this month I paid three. Phenomenal, right? You know, so when you have to look at that hierarchy, it's, well, yeah, I only paid three bills, but I saved myself a late payment. I saved myself another negative remark on my credit report. Next month, I know I have to make one small change or I now have a goal to be able to save, you know, 50 more dollars to be able to make sure that I make that, you know, cable payment or whatever it may be. So that's kind of what financial wellness is. It's it's helping you change your mindset and shift your behavior a little bit to do what works for you. Oh, Steve. 
It was good. <laughs> we got right into yeah. it. Yeah. Whoa, whoa. Uh-oh. Fail. This is so crispy. What? Whatever this. The audio. It sounds super crispy today for whatever reason. <laughs> crispy in a good way? Yeah, in a good oh, way. Okay. Like fresh bags of donuts. No, like just really clean. I don't know. Not like doing? donuts. Donuts aren't clean. Yeah, but like a fresh box of donuts. Like is that, oh, yes. Crispy. Feeling? No, but they're like perfectly like moisturized and I don't, I'm so <laughs> moisturized. That's what I look for in a donut. Like, yep. No, they're like fresh and warm. Uh, that and one's going to need a little lotion. It's winter time. <laughs> uh-huh. This is my new thing. It's it's called the Steve Cam. What are you like? What angle is it? Is it? It's the flattering angle. <laughs> it's it's your good it's side. The, it's the sorry. It's everyone's eye. good side. So it's got to be a crispy donut. Maybe it's one of those old fashioned, like a fried one. Oh, a crawler, a cruller, a ooh. Okay, so the donut that we're thinking about is what? What were you thinking? What are, what are those classic old? Timey donuts that are just like glazed, but they got like little ridges to them. Yeah, it's a crawler, crueler. Hmm. James, you can wait on them. Okay. It I is. can't talk and it's operate this at the same time. Like a, I don't know how you actually say them, but like they look. Um, We've decided that it's going to be a crawler. Yeah, but I want to. Because it's kind of old fashioned. It's I know I know we always constantly say back to the basics, but financial wellness feels like. How do you really say it? I'm looking it up. You should probably get that right. No. Let the, if you're listening right now, we're really butchering the name. We're struggling. Crawler. What did you... What? I think it's a crawler. It's probably like... Phonically, I don't think that that's the, right. The European languages, right? Like German or Polish or... The donut can be spelled with the letter C or the letter K, both of which are acceptable according to Kyle. <laughs> Kyle. <laughs> However, he can... <laughs> Man, I don't know. Um, however, he contends that there is only one pronunciation. It's not a crawler. It's a crueler. A crueler. It's of Dutch, German, Polish origin, says Kyle. So t- <laughs> t- take the word ruler, like the measuring thing, and put either a C or a K in front of it. Apparently that's yeah, a crueler. Let's go. Let's get into it. I don't know let's how to get go, into it. Let's go. L-E-T-S-G-O. Where do you typically start to have this conversation with someone? The conversation that I was talking about, do you get that question all the time? Mm -hmm. So I can share it with you from two different perspectives, I guess. You know, where we start this conversation, anytime that you take like a budgeting class with me or any type of financial class, I start with what the definition of financial wellness is. And we look at that chart from um, the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau, the CFPB, We look at that chart that defines financial wellness. And so what that chart looks like is, you know, it's four boxes, okay? So we have security on top, on the top left for one row, and then we have freedom of choice. So those are kind of your two savings spending categories, if that makes sense, your money categories. And then we have on the top, so for the different columns, we have in the first column security, Mm -hmm. or we have in the first column present. In that second column, we have future. When we start class, we talk about when we're talking about financial wellness, which is what we're going to talk about throughout our whole class. You're getting, you know, the tools, the tips, the tricks, the where to find this information. But you have to think of it outside of 
what that preconceived notion is, you probably have. We couple that with the money personality test that we did on a previous episode to get people really thinking about, I'm telling you, this is the foundation of a budget, but how do we make it work for you? What is your natural tendency? Me, natural spender, working towards saving, a lot harder for me. And sometimes saving success is that I put $10 from my paycheck aside and actually didn't touch it until I got that next paycheck. That Sometimes that's success, right? Because I'm creating a habit. I'm creating a behavior change. Another way that you can start this conversation is by giving people a financial health test. So they get a financial health score, which is kind of the most common practice when doing any type of one-on-one counseling. And what that does is you answer a series of questions and we have it, you know, here in front of us. So I'll give you a couple examples. But when we talk about the financial well-being scale, we talk about it typically in earn, spend, borrow, save, right? So we kind of have those categories. Sure. Similar to the money personality test, you know, you read some statements that have to do with, you know, a current situation and you think, does that describe me? Does it apply to me? For the first part, it's does the statement describe me or my situation? So the first question is, I could handle a major unexpected expense. Do I completely, does that completely describe me? Very well, somewhat, very little, not at all. As you go through and answer those different questions, then at the end, that's where you start to look at what your actual financial health score is. Okay. So we look at how many responses you actually did. You get the actual final score on there. And then depending on what category you fall into based on that, it's going to be, you know, you're either going to be financially vulnerable, financially coping, or financially healthy. It's not necessarily bad to be in any of those categories. Even, you know, financially vulnerable. Yeah, we know we have to, you know, do a little bit of work. But how are we going to meet your need to get you out of that situation? When we talk about this, you know, every class that we go in and teach in our jobs, like, yeah, we have a, you know, curriculum that we work through. But it's so individualized based on what the questions are and based on, you know, where the individuals in the class need that to go. So for us, that's what financial well-being is. You know, it's, yeah, I would love if you paid all your bills on time. I would love it if you had three to six months worth of saving, you know, expenses in your savings account. But I also would love if you had $100 in your savings account because that was a big goal for you and I'm so excited. You know, I'm really excited that you paid two bills on time this month or, you know, you did that two months in a row. Phenomenal, right? It So it's meeting people where they're at. I think so much of that financial advice and it sort of if you're in this situation you should do this doesn't take that personalized approach into account like that one size fits most feel to a lot of the things even some of the things that we've said here at money donuts maybe it doesn't apply to everyone so I, I was as you were saying that I was thinking of it from like a medical perspective no one goes to the doctor and they're like oh you're sick like what symptoms are you having? Here's your specific diagnosis. No one's going to talk to their friend and be like, well, my doctor told me to do this because this was wrong with me. Oh, I'm going to do that same thing because I think I have some of those same symptoms. Like, no, you're going to go and get your own evaluation and have your own personalized plan to get from A to B. So I can see the value to just evaluating where you're at and saying I'm somewhere where I, I see a, a different outcome or a different need for information depending on where I'm at in this evaluation. So. And, you know, it's such a it's almost a double edged sword at times, too, because, yeah, you have to make it work for you. 
But there still is that hard self-evaluation of, I drive a car that has a really high payment. It's really nice. Do I really need that to get to work, to, you know, pick up the kids, to do that in this current moment, right? So, you know, it's, and and sometimes it's not feasible to get rid of that vehicle either, right? So even though you're like, yeah, I know I bought it. I have a high payment. It's technically something I don't need. If you're upside down on that loan or if something like that happens, okay, getting rid of it, we have to look at a different option, okay? So we have to figure out what's going to work better for you. Same with people. You know, we talk about living above our means or living beyond our means, right? Sometimes we have to do that. Like, so sometimes a person purposely makes a choice to do that. And an example would be like continuing education, right? So they might make a choice to take out loans at that moment that, They're probably going to have a hard time paying back right now, but having that degree, being able to move on to something else, it's going to kind of even out. And so sometimes people get into that situation or if they had like a really hard medical expense, you know, they might put that on some credit cards and be in a situation where money's a little tighter as they're making those payments. So you have to, you know, look at the full picture too. I can't just say, James, come on, like you got all your credit cards maxed out. Why? Like. Because it made sense for me in the moment, right? Like that was the path that I saw to get to where I wanted to be. And yeah. yeah. But what about like outside effects? I mean, you're talking a lot about living outside your means, but like when things are getting expensive, I was just talking to uh, one of our team members and she was mentioning that she was putting together her grocery cart online. And before she even got to the point where she was going to get to the stuff where she's actually going to make food for for dinners, it was already $200. Like all those effects of the world that we're living in right now, how do you tell that person like, yeah, you just have to re-examine where you're at? Yeah. I mean, it's a mix of all of that. It's hard, like groceries and things like that. Like we are very much, you know, the cost of living is increasing. And well, what I tell people in those situations is, you know, it's hard to like rent, decreasing your rent, not always an option, right? I know I was just looking for apartments a year ago and I live in an apartment right now that's really expensive and more than I've ever paid. But there was another apartment that was significantly, you know, less nice and was going to be $75 less than the apartment I'm currently in. And my apartment I'm currently in I had to like go see it, make a decision within a day because there were so many people waiting because there's, you know, just so many, there's so much housing needs out there. And so when we look at that, you know, what I tell people is you have to figure out where can you actually cut back? Okay. So I was kind of telling you guys in the beginning of the podcast, but couponing is something that I started doing. Couponing. So as I've learned more about it, everything I've done has either been like just digital coupons. It hasn't been like going and cutting things out. I use two specific pharmacy store apps to be able to do it. But so I use two specific apps and it's all like digital coupons on there. And the paper ones that you get for buying certain products like Procter & Gamble is a big company. They make everything, right? So if I buy a certain amount of like paper towels or things like that, you get cash back for that too, which you can only use at those stores, but, you know, lessens the actual cost. You know, grocery coupons, they're not a common thing. Like it's really hard to find coupons on like food consistently and food that you eat, 
Like that's kind of the big thing about it. But if you can use coupons to, you know, really cut your like household expenses in half, laundry detergent, paper towels, all of that stuff, which is so expensive. But if you can use coupons like I have been where I can get $70 worth of product for 20, that makes a really big difference. And even though food costs are really high, there's, you know, that extra money per se. It's not really extra, but I have that wiggle room now where I've been able to save in this area so I can afford to pay those higher costs, which, you know, isn't what we want to hear. And is it a little more work? Yeah. But with some planning, you know, we can figure it out. I was going to say, I think that that conversation goes beyond just coupons even like that's that's one potential solution. But I would say look for those opportunities. It's really about finding spaces in your own life and in your own financial mindset that makes sense maybe you i mean we could we could talk about ideas all day right like maybe you're gonna walk places more maybe you're going to get the bulk buy of noodles so that they cost less you know in the long run but you have to have space to store them and you know there's all these other factors at play so it has to be a personal choice you're gonna buy an electric scooter to ride to work (laughs) steve's electric scooter yeah Well, and I think it applies to even a person came up on my TikTok feed and she was going to the food pantry. And so she brought her followers that she had connected with along with her to show what that process was actually like. I think that was a really cool thing because it helped to kind of break down a barrier. But along with James was saying, don't be afraid to utilize those types of resources. You probably have, you know, something in your head about like who should really be using them they're available to the communities. Like they're available to pretty much everyone. Some have requirements, some don't for a reason. So if you're in the situation like where you need help, go to it. A really, really good resource if you're really struggling um, is dialing 211. And it's an easy number to be able to call. But if you dial that number, they can connect you with pretty much any resource that you need. Like you need help repairing the tires on your car, they will get you somebody to do that. They'll help you schedule that appointment. You need a warming shelter close by to you, they'll help you do that. If you don't know how you're going to pay rent, they will figure that out with you. So it's this really cool resource where you can call them and they do literally just about anything that you could need in that moment. So like use those types of resources too. Did you know that? Am I just... It's not something a lot of people know. Is it in Wisconsin and Minnesota? I think it's nationwide. It's 24 hours a day. We can look it up to be sure. But I hmm. I was just, I was doing some work with a homeless shelter and I talked about it. And one lady goes, let me tell you about my experience with that. She was like, they helped me. Like, they're the reason I have tires on my car right now. Like, they're the reason that I've been able to sometimes, you know, be able to put gas in it. And so they're just a really, just a really useful thing to keep in mind if you are struggling. If you're a person who's not struggling to be mm-hmm. that person who's out there donating and helping and yep, just being a resource for others, I think is also important to say. Part of the big coupon community on TikTok is, you know, couponing is a weird thing because sometimes you have to buy certain amounts of certain things. So we see people who have like 500 tubes of toothpaste at home. Well, a lot of times, you know, you get the to- like toothpaste is one thing. You can get it for free, <laughs> like all the time. And so they donate that because it's not really costing them anything to or or it's costing them very, very little. Even if you're like not struggling, maybe it could be a thing to start couponing and be able to give back or be able to That's you a know, really cool idea. Use those resources, right? It's something I would like to do it if I could, you know. I mean it's like taking something that you enjoy and turn it into yeah. a benefit for another person. Yeah. Stacy had 
some good. <laughs> she she recently had a, a fun experience with a coupon that. Oh God. Yeah, she went to a store and she had held on to the coupon for two weeks, and then it mm-hmm. was it was only a specific amount that she could use, and then it was only a small section of the store that she could use it at, and it was frustrating. She had all four kids while she was doing this. I mean. You have good kids, but that's a lot. <laughs> like, goodness. What made me think of this was after she made the purchase, she did get like a, you know, you get like a yeah. 27% coupon. Yep. So she turned it around and gave it to the person in line. I love so, that. Isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my big question was, and I probably should have jumped in earlier, is someone listening to this says, oh, this is great, but what what do I do now? Where where can I go to take a class or get this information? I mean, I feel like I need to talk to someone like one-on-one almost to, if it's that personalized, right? Is that the best? Yeah. What, what do you recommend? There's a lot of options. Not a lot, but there are options out there for you. So um, first is, I mean, if you have a class with me or you hear a podcast like this, you can reach out. Like I, I enjoy meeting one-on-one and trying to figure these things out Um, because I've been in this situation myself and it sucks, honestly, you know, and so I like to, you know, help people from that real perspective. Um, Royal Credit Union has financial counselors in our offices. So between that or calling in and getting a financial review is a really good option. Um, Family Means is a nonprofit organization. They're, they have an office in Eau Claire. They also have an office in Stillwater, but they're licensed in the entire state of Wisconsin and Minnesota. And they do budget counseling, credit counseling, debt management programs. They have family counseling resources and different things like that. And so they are a really great place to go. Um, and there's somebody, we recommend people in our offices to them all the time and, you know, vice versa. So they are somebody that we really trust with, you know, our members and your information. Some of their services have a fee, but it's pretty much free to be able to sit down and meet with them. And then they do, you know, go over any additional costs up front with you. So that's a good one. There's a couple other. I was just going to say that's cool. Like, yeah, <laughs> you don't think of it, it as is. like going to the doctor. You don't think of like, oh, I need to go to the financial doctor. Yeah. Like. It's just not something that crosses your mind, right? Yeah, so. it is, though. When you look at a survey of individuals, the FinHealth Network did that, and 73% of those individuals said that finances were their number one stressor in life. And, you know, when we think about that, being stressed constantly affects anxiety, depression. It disrupts your sleep cycle. It creates fatigue. And so, yeah, we think of financial as like one part of our life, but financial health truly is physical health as well. Like it intertwines so deeply in our everyday lives. What do you guys think would be a good challenge for somebody who's listening to this? Because I know for me is I'd be listening to this. And I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to do this. And then you're going to wait for us to pitch our YouTube channel and then click off the off the podcast. And then you're going to be like, eh, I'll do that tomorrow. Like what is the challenge that you would say to be like, this is hitting home you're motivated right now. What is the step that you should take right now? Like leave the podcast. I shouldn't say that, but leave the podcast and do this one thing. I think you got to commit to it. Commit to it. Like you just have to find that in yourself and say, this is going to be worth it. This is why I care about this. And it matters to me. Like, I feel like I'm struggling in this area. Be a little bit vulnerable and say, I can improve here or I need to evaluate myself. Be honest with yourself. That commitment 
you owe it to yourself. I think a good way to commit, like Jane said, is start with figuring out like what your goal is. And we've talked, I think we've talked about goals before a little bit, but um, I have a worksheet that we can, you know. What is the goal? The smart, no. Smart goal. Smart goals, yeah. yeah. The way I think about goals, especially relating to finance, personal too, but goals are the roadmap for where we want to be. When we set a goal, I want to pay off debt or I want to get really good at budgeting or I want to create a budget for the first time ever. Okay, so we know we have something we want to accomplish, but now we get to break down the steps for how we get there. And so sometimes that's going to reach out to one of the experts and sitting down with someone who can be a fresh set of eyes and give you some insight that you might not be thinking. Sometimes it's using the SMART goal acronym and, you know, going through the definitions and making your goal really specific, you know, figuring out if it's really going to apply to you, putting a time constraint on it. So all the different steps of that. But I think setting a goal is a good commitment, no matter how big or how small, you know, financial goals can be getting a new job. It can be opening a checking account. It can be putting a hundred dollars aside over the course of a year. Like it literally can be anything and any little step you take is going to help you be successful. One of the smart goals that I had during that was to buy a new van, which I, I bought a used van in the meantime. But what we did do is we ordered our van and I knew that it was going to be a while before. So should have done this earlier, but you know, you got to forgive yourself a little bit, but we start paying ourselves into a savings account what that payment's going to be. So just doing that. And it has been, it's been eye-opening because it does show you what it's going to be like when you do take on that other payment. And it is kind of cool to see like, hey, we're kind of paying ourselves before we have to pay the credit union after I get my auto loan here. Well, that's a great question, right? So say something happens and you're like, oof, we really can't make that payment this month. You have a cushion there. That exact thing happened last month. See? Yeah, but (laughs) that's the point, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's your quadrants, the unexpected expense in the immediate near term, right? I think that... You know, sometimes when we start making those financial goals and when you're like, yeah, I'm so excited and you actually write it down, then it can get feel really defeating. Right. And so like when we think about making a budget or things like that, like make it work for you. Don't call it a budget if you don't like that word. Call it whatever you want. Okay, call it, you know, my money plan. Call it the thing I need more of. Call it, you know, budget make budget face like i you know i don't care like you have to do what works for you and (laughs) that was an option on one of the things then celebrate those small wins you know so i always tell all the people in my classes and either they're like yeah okay or they roll their eyes right i'm like yeah okay even if this month you feel like you didn't accomplish anything well you wrote all your expenses down you tried to make a budget that was a win right following the whole budget's not attainable maybe Next month, what we're going to try and do is we're just going to try and stay within that grocery budget. We're going to accomplish that one thing, get comfortable with it, and then we're going to move on to the next part of our budget. Everything's baby steps. Everything is what works for you. That's what financial wellness is. You're talking about the the quadrant and then you get mm-hmm. that score at the end. Do you find there's generic things that, that you can give to people that would help them that usually are on that different or what did i can't remember what the three categories were so you want to go you want the one size fits all advice yes i want <laughs> i want to see because because going back to the doctor thing is like yeah you can't exercise diagnose, eat yes healthy, <laughs> yes like, <laughs> a little proactive from a financial perspective 
I think kind of the one size fits all is having a true understanding of what your income is, what your expenses are, have a handle on your credit report. So, you know, understanding where you pull that from, how to read it. Um, and we have great resources for that that we can share. If having some sort of idea, plan, concept for how you're being aware of your money. For some people, that's that detailed budget. For some people, it's just committing to logging into their mobile banking app twice a week to make sure that their account's not negative. For some people, it's setting up real-time alerts, right? So those are kind of like the basic foundations. Like you have to understand where your money's coming from, where it's going. Got to understand and keep a handle on credit. One, just because it's good habit. And two, for identity theft protection and, you know, your own personal security. And then figuring out a way to track it and just keep tabs. Do you see time management and financial wellness go hand in hand? 100%. We did. Nobody talks about that. Like time management as happiness, but financially stable and time management. Well, I think time management plays a big role in it. I think our natural tendencies too. So one, like I'm a person that works multiple jobs. I overextend myself. Forgetting to make a payment, super realistic for me. Okay. And something that I used to do a lot until I set up automatic transfers. Same with like people, um, I talk about this a little bit, but like I have ADHD, that's been a diagnosis that I got recently this year. That's helped make a lot of sense out of my life. But part of that is, you know, you're always looking for something to kind of excite you. Individuals with ADHD sometimes have a hard time controlling their spending. I had a lot of credit card debt because I wanted the next thing. I wanted to keep up with my friends. I wanted all of that. And so understanding that now and then like figuring out, okay, for me, like I can have one credit card, but it has to stay in the drawer at home and I don't bring it with me unless I'm going on a trip or something where I might need quick access to that cash. You know, other than that, it stays paid off because if I take it to the grocery store and I go over my list and then I'm like, oh, but I really want to buy, you know, this new shampoo and I want to do this well, why not just put it on my credit card? So all of that plays into financial wellness. It's so much more than just not making enough money or, you know, not being able to remember to track your spending. Like just who we are as humans play a big part in it. And that's why we call it personal finance. Like it's personal for a reason. You got to make it work for you. I feel like we're so abstract too. Like I can see that the fridge is empty. I need to take action to go fix that. Or like I know that the laundry needs to be done. If I'm not paying attention to my online funds, like I'm not keeping cash in my envelope at home, like I don't have any clue what's going on. I, I need to get the facts. Well, and that's true too. I mean, the digital world has totally changed finances. We know that just the way our human brains work. If you're swiping a card, whether it be a debit or a credit card, our brains don't process that that money's actually gone the way that they do if I have $40 and I hand 20 to Steve and then I'm like, ooh. Because well, it's not. On a credit card, you're like, it just went to the credit card. Like, I didn't actually right. pay that like, yet. Like, I'm still money. good. I'm yep. good. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. That's why I think real-time alerts for me is such a big help because oh, yeah. it does like, it is that like, oh, that money's gone. And you're yep. like, oh. billions of dollars spent on separating consumers from their money for marketing various things but at the end of the day it's so personal you know needs can we talk about one more thing and you can decide if you want to keep it in or not it and so it's a really hard topic because it's not necessarily something we want to promote but it's really important if you want to take a real look at your finances so 
one of the big things, and I could imagine, I don't know current statistics, is that non-traditional financials that are out there, like payday lenders, check cashing services, and things like that, are probably being used a little bit more as people are struggling with their finances. And, you know, I can sit here and I can tell you to come to your credit union, to go to your financial, to ask them for help when you need that $500 loan. The reality is that's a really hard conversation to have. That's a really hard thing to do to walk into your financial and to say, hey, I really need this, in our terms, you know, small dollar loan when in your terms, it's a really big amount of money that is making a big impact in your life. And so when we talk about financial wellness, you know, one of those spots is saving, like having something set aside in that savings account. And experts say 10% of your income, they say three to six months worth of income and expenses. Having $100 in that account is going to make a big difference when you need it compared to not having anything. The way that I talk about that is we we have a chart from a payday lender and it shows the reason that they tend to be popular, right? So I call them the McDonald's of finance. You walk in, they have a menu board, you know how much you can borrow, you know what the fee is going to be, you know what the total amount that's going to come out of your check is going to be and when easy, right? You don't have to explain yourself. You got what you needed. The problem with these places is they charge fees instead of interest because their interest rates are so high that it exceeds that threshold of what an interest rate can be. Um, And so when they're charging a fee, but you calculate it out, it tends to be like a 600% interest rate. Interest rates right now on personal loans, if you're struggling with credit, are like 15% roughly, okay? And they vary quite a bit. But 15% compared to 600%, Ooh, big difference. The way that I talk to people about that is I use the example of like $500. Okay, so you need $500 to be able to cover rent and you don't have it. If you go in to that payday lender and you ask for $500, they're going to charge you a fee of $125. So when you get that paycheck, $625 is going to come out of that paycheck. Even if you're making $1,200 every paycheck, every two weeks, right? That's over half your paycheck that you're paying now to pay back that loan and you still have other expenses you're going to pay. So the example is if you have $250 in savings and you need to borrow that $500, well, if you can pay half with that $250 you had in savings and you can borrow $250 from that payday lender, that's going to cut that fee in half. Okay, so now you're going to borrow $250, you're going to pay $6,250. So that means you're going to have $312 dollars and 50 cents coming out of that paycheck compared to that 625. And so while yes, you still are getting charged, you know, that fee on there, which still is going to be that, you know, over 600% or whatever it calculates out with that lender, having $312 come out of that paycheck, if you're making $1,200 is going to be a lot more sustainable for you to be able to continue to pay the rest of those expenses and not have to rely on credit cards and not have to rely on going back to borrow again. As a financial educator, as individuals that work at credit unions, I want to say it's our dream that you don't ever use those services, but the reality is that's a reality for some people. And it's not anything to be ashamed of. It's not something that you're necessarily doing wrong, but I want you to have the tools to be 
as successful as you can be when you have to make those choices. And I will plug for credit unions. We refinance a lot of payday lender debt. So if you are in that situation, come, you know, come talk to us. Come talk to your financial and see if we can get that taken care of and get you a lower interest rate. But that's kind of that full circle thing where it's and it's hard. It's hard when we work at a credit union and we're like, we don't want you to, you know, do this. But the reality is people that's still the reality. Do it. Yeah. What do you what would people we can say that it's not going to happen, but it's going to happen. But you can set yourself or less fees if you just try. I mean, having anything to put down, you know, put towards that. If, if it's twenty five dollars in a account to pull out on your rainy day fund is going to help you a little bit. Absolutely. Think of like a medical expense. Say, you know, kid falls and breaks their arm, you fall and break your ankle, whatever it may be. You now have that bill coming from the emergency room, right? It's going to be probably a lot higher than we're able to just, you know, cut a check for. But if you have, you know, $50 in your savings account, well, that might be able to cover, you know, one partial payment to which then you can make, you know, a payment agreement, right? Or, Maybe it has to go on that credit card, but now, you know, you made a portion of that payment, so you are able to pay a little bit extra towards that credit card payment each month and save yourself interest, right? So it's kind of like the snowball effect, but you're getting a head start on melting the snowball. Yeah. Is that accurate? Yeah, kind of. I love it. So You're planning, like, you're planning for it. It's not impulsive or... Random so, so spending. It's just that mindset change of don't think of it as $25. Think of it as like you're offsetting the cost in the future yeah. maybe or like the opportunity yeah. to yep. to save yourself more money on interest. That's wild. That's a great mindset for saving in general. Some people don't save because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to have that money sitting there. Like I could die tomorrow. I can't take it with me. Whatever, you know, their mindset is. But, you know, you're you're setting yourself up for that moment where you're like, oh my gosh, I need that help, you know, or I need that cushion, regardless of how much it is. So yeah, it's a mindset shift, it's behavior change. Be your advocate. If you go in to get a loan and the lender says no, say, okay, what can I do for you to say yes? What what steps can we take? What plan can we make? It's easy to feel defeated and to just walk out the door, but most lenders want to help you. Like, we want to help you. I think I'm going to let Cooper off the hook this week. James. Steve? If people like the podcast, what should they do? Well, they should keep listening to it, obviously. So you can find the Royal Credit Union Money Donuts podcast on your favorite podcast platform. You can also tune in on YouTube. You we have can? Our, we have YouTube? Our, we have our very own YouTube channel dedicated to Money Donuts. Or you can head over to rcu.org slash podcast and check out audio clips of the episodes, video clips of the episodes. There is a lot of good content out there about podcasts, about Money Donuts. There's a lot of good resources out there. About our podcast. <laughs> there's a lot of good podcasting resources. There's a lot of resources. <laughs> and I think there's there's ways that you, if you have questions or concerns or topics that you would like us to talk about, feel free to to message Royal Credit Union social media accounts. Um, you can send us an email at financialeducation at rcu.org. And I think if you are listening on the Anchor app or maybe even through Spotify, you can leave us a voice message. I know specifically Ooh. from Anchor, you can if you're what? listening, you can... Uh, now we have to look it up. I don't know who gets them or where they, James probably gets them. I think James I've never gets seen one. <laughs> well, no one has left, left them. We gotta try it. Maybe I'll get it. 
we're going to take this off there. But thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Boop, 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 boop.